Bodega, 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 alpha and omega. <coughs> Siamese sailors sell celery sandwiches. So wing about a serving platter. Hey, Jamie. Yes. Uh, did uh, did you want to try reading that line on the script there? Oh, yeah, let's see. Uh, you could say big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, that one? Yes. Yeah, no, I'm just not warmed up yet. Shouldn't be long. Detector test. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive today. The marmot mangled my mushu pork pancake. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hello, my friends. It's Andy over the Andy Falco Show coming to you live. And I just, um, uh, I was just watching something on TV. People are ridiculous. Um, and uh, I'll get a little bit more into uh, why I think people are ridiculous because our, our world has gone mad. Uh, and yes, I'm wearing the same shirt as I did yesterday because I, uh, you got to know that we Americans, those of us that are American against the other 50% of the United States who are not American, uh, we we really got to stand strong and we be, have to begin to speak up and not be silent. And I understand. I know I've already gotten tons of people. Uh, you know, I may have, have received more friend requests. As a matter of fact, I have now more friend requests from the United States than I do Pakistan. I used to get, and I still do, get uh, several of those a day. Right now, I get a lot more Americans uh, that are uh, friending me. So really, very, I'm happy for that. It's about time. Um, uh, I should be maxed out here pretty soon. So I'm, I'm going to have to figure out something. But Anyway, uh, let me get to a couple of sponsors. Uh, sometimes I forget. So while I'm thinking about it, I want to make sure and do that because I forget. Uh, it's super important if I'm going to be able to continue to do this. So todayshappycoffee.com. Make sure and go to todayshappycoffee.com. It's a great coffee. It has uh, added ingredients uh, to uh, just simply make you happy. Um, and I have to read this still because it's a brand new sponsor. Um, they, uh, let's see, helps with, um, helps your body promote its own dose of happy hormones. Dopamine, uh, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. And uh, there's uh, other uh, fat-burning ingredients in there and a bunch of other stuff. And simply just makes you happy. It's a great coffee. The flavor is fantastic. Um, I love it. I have it every morning now, and I cannot wait to have it. They also have other um, supplements and other drinks. Uh, they got a thing called Zest. It tastes a little lemony. Uh, and it's same thing, same type of thing, only it is in the, uh, you mix it with water. Uh, with coffee, you can have it cold or you can have it hot. So go to happy, uh, todayshappycoffee.com. And then we have todayscbdoil.com for uh, CBD1. Viseo is the best um, uh, producer of CBD. It has a liposome technology. It's patented. Uh, it's, uh, Viseo is one of the top 50 healthcare companies in the world. And then todaysviseo.com. Make sure and visit them for all the other wellness products that Viseo has to offer. Again, Viseo is one of the top 50 healthcare companies in the world. They make fantastic products. Excuse me. <laughs> I just downed some water. And uh, they are fantastic. I, I take all of these products. I have not felt this great in decades. In, uh, and I feel fantastic. I cannot tell you they cure anything because the FDA forbids me to do that. But I can tell you that I feel a heck of a lot better. All right. So let's get into the show just a little bit here. All right. So what we're going to be talking about is uh, this... First, there's a controversy, and I've talked about this for 
uh, gosh, since all of this rioting started, uh, since people started talking about chokeholds, confusing them with a the carotid restraint, two different things. Uh, it is has to do with the net, neck, but they're two different uh, types of holds. Uh, one of them is very dangerous. The other one, not so dangerous. Um, and um, this, this yelling and screaming about making sure that it's something that is banned from law enforcement, Literally, chokeholds have been banned since uh, uh, when I started with Anaheim Police Department back in the 80s. And got, got, I was both hired by LAPD, Anaheim. I chose to go to Anaheim. It was the, about that time that they said, you know what? You, you shouldn't be using the chokehold because it is dangerous. And we knew it was. Um, it's just people weren't being trained how to do the carotid restraint correctly. So they were confusing which hold to do. So I'm going to get into that just a little bit um, and, um, and showing you a video of the incident in Atlanta. Again, I wanna make sure that you understand that the, there's some graphic um, uh, stuff in that video and you may not want to watch it. Either I just wanna warn you, I'll try to warn you again before I actually play the video that you will see somebody get shot and killed in that video. And it's probably for some people too much for them to watch. All right, but before I do that, uh, I was asked yesterday um, during my show uh, by uh, someone, I think off of Twitter, because we're broadcasting on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch all at the same time here. I was getting a lot of comments from Twitter, uh, which is kind of unusual. I don't get that many comments from Twitter for some reason, but I was getting a lot yesterday. Uh, and even one on one or two on Facebook asking, well, why does this matter? Why do you care? Why do you, why are you doing this? Why are you breaking this down? The one, the, the, what I'm talking about yesterday, in case you didn't know or didn't see it, I broke down the entire incident in Atlanta from beginning to end. Uh, for the most part, I didn't show the entire video because it's about an hour and a half long. Just the video on its own. Uh, I, I took little parts of it so that I could show you exactly where the officers were correct in everything they did. Everything from beginning to end. There was only one part where I would not have had the uh, suspect drive the vehicle from where he had fallen asleep in the drive through to a parking stall. I personally probably would not have done that. But again, I wasn't there. I don't know what the prime or the secondary officer who arrived first. I'm not sure if he smelt any alcohol or what, or just thought maybe he was groggy. So that's the only thing I might have done a little bit differently. All right. Um, but other than that, I broke it down yesterday. So look for that video. Uh, it's very lengthy. It's about an hour and 30 minutes. I break down every aspect of it. I even, even go through the, some of the attorneys. Uh, and that really is the reason why I do this, because you have the attorneys of the family uh, were on uh, the day before yesterday and I probably sometime yesterday. And then I heard them today. And what and what's happening is that the media is only covering their side of the story for the most part. And then you have a bunch of other talking heads on these uh, on these shows talking about stuff they know nothing about or they're just parroting what the attorneys are saying. Uh, things like uh, the officers didn't give him a sobriety test. Yes, they gave him a sobriety test. They also gave him a breathalyzer test uh, that they shot him just for sleeping in the drive through um, driveway. No, that's not why they shot him. As a matter of fact, that's the only that's the only reason they came in contact with him is because the Wendy's restaurant dialed 911 and said there's a man in the driveway of our drive through and he's blocking and people can't get around him. Please get here right away. And I think the 911 only, you know, it's hard to know why people dial 911. Sometimes they think it is an emergency. Maybe they thought he was dead um, or dying or um, they just didn't know it, you know, they were just lazy and couldn't dial more than three numbers. And so <laughs> they just dialed the three numbers to get people there. So why, why it was a 911, I'm really not sure, but it doesn't matter. That was the call, 911, man in the driveway uh, and he's passed out. And that's what prompted him to get there. They were very nice. Unlike what the attorneys said, they said the, the officers were scared of him 
at no time in the video do you see that they're scared. Um, they are, um, uh, you know, at the time of the fight and chasing him, there probably was some fear in there. There should be some fear, uh, but that's what kind of causes you to take shelter, to take cover, to give chase, to do the right things, right? You have to have some sense or else you're not human being. But as, as, a, as part of the contact, the consensual contact and the testing and the breathalyzer, no fear involved. They were very relaxed, kind of even joking with him from time to time. So anything that they, the attorney said about that was completely false. Um, that um, they uh, wanted to simply go there to bash his head in. That's the thing they said the other day. That too is untrue. All of that was untrue. So many statements that the attorneys are making are completely untrue. And so the reason I do this is because nobody's really right now speaking for the two officers, especially the one that was fired, and to point out the facts and how police work actually works and how well they were trained. I can see these officers trained, right? We're hearing a lot about how poorly officers are trained. And being a law enforcement officer of 21 years, I uh, for the last 20 years, I've investigated officers um, in relationship to uh, wrongdoing. That is what I do for a living. I look at cases involving police officers and whether they did the right thing or not. This is, I, I look at lots of videos. I've looked at hundreds of videos of police officers doing their job and analyzing whether they're doing it right or not. That is what I do for a living. Uh, I then make determinations and then I testify in court cases on my opinion on whether the officer did the right thing or not. Use of force, uh, use of police canines, detection dogs, and all, all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, this is what I do. And so yesterday I did essentially what I do for a living on the Facebook Live. If you didn't see it, it's on my page. It's on the page that you're watching this on. Just scroll down, you'll find it. It's about an hour and 22 minutes. So today I want to talk about this specific thing about the, the, the carotid restraint. And the reason it is important is because it could have saved his life. It actually could have saved the officers from having to chase him down or even having their taser stolen. It could have stopped a whole lot of things. And why is that important? It's important because this is what's what the problem is with listening to people that do not know what they're talking about. You have people that are senators and Congress people that are getting on and say, it's horrible that they're using a chokehold. Well, where in any of these incidents, whether it was um, uh, Minneapolis or Atlanta, where the chokehold was even involved, it wasn't even involved. Why is that their primary thing. The primary thing is because it sounds good, right? They don't care whether it, make it makes a difference. They don't even care if it gets people killed that they're talking about something they know nothing about. And that is kind of what happened in this case. And that's how, this is why it's important that they point this out because they're speaking about things and making determinations and decisions about law enforcement that are literally going to get people killed. We, we've, we've done this for years. Law enforcement just didn't start yesterday. It's not like we haven't evolved from the time of the, the copper, right? Uh, that you see in the old English movies, while, you know, waving a little nightstick around, walking down the street, you know, the flat foot, uh, they're walking down the, the beat, you know, and, and contacting bad guys and hitting them overhead with a club, right? Uh, it, we've, we've, we've evolved, we've learned, we've trained very hard. And I'm gonna get to that aspect too about training. But it, they act like this is like, Oh, you know, they've been out of control for hundreds of years. And we are the people that are just now going to say enough is enough. What are you talking about? We have been evolving nearly daily in regard to law enforcement. Are you kidding me? Um, and so as you have people coming in and taking uh, sides and determining, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to we're just going to get rid of cops uh, and we're going to take them out of our lives and we're gonna send social workers instead, and we're gonna, we're gonna send people with flowers and um, uh, pamphlets uh, to, how, to how solve some of these um, uh, domestic violence, rape, 
um, in progress robbery calls. We're going to say, you know, we'll go we'll respond to a robbery call and say, Mr. With the gun who has people laying on the ground uh, and ha holding people hostage. Listen, we have, we have um, some social service people outside. We're going to bring your brochure. And first, can you just let the people up off the ground? Uh, and could you put down your uh, uh, semi-automatic weapon and, uh, you know, let us talk to you for a little bit because we want to show you our pamphlet and, uh, and, and get you to make a different decision about like, so let's do that. Okay. Let's see if that works. Uh, apparently we have not tried all that stuff in law enforcement. We have not tried all the things that they're going to now throw at us again. We've tried it all. I've been in law enforcement for a very long time. I was an actual police officer working in, in SWAT and canine and patrol and detectives, sex crimes, family crimes. I was even in a helicopter from time to time, uh, doing a lot of different things. Right. And, uh, I've seen us go through a lot of evolution, a lot of different things just in that period of time. After I retired, I continued in law enforcement, investigating um, uh, departments all over North America and seeing the progress that has been made and seeing bad cops and seeing a bunch of different stuff. You know, you know what the problem with both police departments and churches, you know, they have the very similar problem and that is they involve people. People are not perfect. People have flaws. People are sinners. People have problems. Uh, people change, right? You get, you have traumatic uh, stuff begin to happen to you. And the person that you were when you started the job, you're not necessarily the same person about 10 years into the job. If you've been in a car accident, you've been in a fight, you've been in a shooting, you've been stabbed and you come back to work, you're probably not the same person. And you look at people a little bit differently. And so there's things that need to happen within the police department, which have happened. But uh, apparently it's not good enough and people are now going crazy and nuts. So that is the reason why I do this. The last thing I want to talk about is blue, uh, Black Lives Matter. I almost said Blue Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is a complete farce. Uh, we, we all know that it's a, it's a wing of the Democratic Party, uh, that they really don't care about black lives. They don't. They never have and they never will because the Democrats never have and never will. Uh, they have uh, for decades... Um, uh, you know, created the problems that are existing today in, in places like Baltimore and Chicago and New York and California. And if they truly cared about black lives and whether they mattered or not, they would be more worried about the deaths that are occurring. Just in Baltimore, Chicago, LA and New York in the, in the last year and a half, 1,762 black people have been killed by who? Black people. Right. They don't care. Have you ever heard them talk about that? Have you ever heard them say, you know, we got to do something. This has got to change. Never. Have you heard them say that? Right. One cop, you know, does is a, is a moron. He needs to go to jail. He needs to be convicted of murder is, has his neck on a on a bad guy, a guy that's been in jail, a guy that's, you know, was committing a crime and you and he's been handcuffed. You need to stop. You need to get your knee off his neck. That cop is wrong. That cop needs to go to jail. But because of him, now the entire world has to suffer. And so now you have to get on TV every 10 seconds and say cops kill somebody every day. No. They don't. They do not do that. They do not go out there and kill black people every day. They don't go out there seeking black people to kill. Is there one or two that really should not be on the streets? Yes, there's probably a lot more than that. And we need to get them on the street. But but not. we don't have them killing in a year and a half 1,762 people just in, just in four different, uh, one, two, three, four cities. Just in four cities in our big country, in four cities in our country in a year and a half, 1,762 black Human beings have been snuffed out by black human beings and yet nothing. That's how I know Black Lives Matter is a complete farce because they do nothing about that. Only thing they care about is causing chaos and getting on the news and creating a narrative that just is wrong about um, the police department. All right. Give her little stats. All right.
Uh, let me just show you this. The one last graphic. I, I, I made the graphic. I might as well put it up. Here's 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 what's happening right here. So there, see that red arrow? That's uh, uh, blacks uh, killed by um, whites. That's the number of blacks. Point, uh, 0 0.077, I believe. Man, that font is small. I wish I could see it. And then over on the right, that's uh, blacks killed by blacks. There's the difference. If black lives mattered, then they would uh, really be worried about the one on the right, right? And they're not. They could care less. All right. So let's talk about this. Um, first, I want to explain the difference between a carotid and a chokehold. They're com two completely different things. And so when you hear uh, people uh, that know nothing about anything they're talking about, <laughs> you know, I, I was going to say something else, but really, I mean, they talk and they're just like, what? Have they ever been in a dojo as this fat ass that I'm seeing on there, that this fat blob of crap that, that's talking? Uh, what's his name? Not Schumer, but the other guy, uh, the other moron uh, in Congress, uh, uh, Pelosi's uh, best buddy. Uh, both of them, uh, uh, tweakers, you know, they um, they get on and they talk about that. They've never been in a dojo. They've never been in a wrestling match. They've never been in a fight for their entire life, you know, for their life um, and in, in their entire life. They've never been in a fight. Uh, and here they're talking about, we need to get rid of this choke. You just think it's just horrible. You don't even know what a chokehold is. All right. So let's put that. I'm going to put up this graphic here so you can see uh, there's two different things on the uh, as you're looking at the screen on your right. That's the chokehold. Do you see that forearm across the guy's uh, neck um, that, and he's crushing um, the esophagus? That is a chokehold. Uh, sometimes when you're trying to get a hold of somebody, you can wind up in that position and it's very dangerous. You can very easily and quickly crush that um, that area of the, uh, the victim suspect's neck and um, and and kill them. It's not that hard to do that. So uh, we've known that for years. Uh, we have been uh, told never to use that. I was told that in the academy back in 1984. Yes, 1984. Do not use a chokehold because you may crush somebody's windpipe and they will die. So, the, so them coming on, and I'm going to come back to my screen just really quick. <laughs> Sorry, I did that again. Uh, wrong button. All right. So we know that. What what is all this thing that they're getting on and they're they're demanding that chokeholds be stopped? I, I have no idea what the knee and the neck is not a chokehold either. I hear I heard people say, "See that chokehold? That's not a chokehold. That's a knee on the guy's neck. Then uh, that has nothing to do with the chokehold." All right, let's go back to this. So the carotid is a is a very powerful tool to gain control of somebody. It is very safe. It's done daily, probably thousands of times throughout the United States and in um, jujitsu, in um, uh, combat wrestling training, in M MMA, and uh, gosh, I can just go on. That it's used. And people get knocked out constantly uh, through the use of a carotid restraint that is used commonly. That is a very, very good tool. But now they're, they're actually taking that out of law enforcement. And about three days ago, four days ago, I can't remember what it was on my show. I said, and I and I very clearly told you all that we're watching that you take that out of law enforcement and that ability and you really make it one of those things that they can't do, that it's illegal to use as a law enforcement officer and people are going to die. So what happened two days ago? Um, a uh, Two police officers get in a fight with a guy who was uh, passed out drunk in a drive, uh, drive up window or a driveway driveway uh, for Wendy's. <clears throat> and in the um, in the at the time that they were going to place him under arrest, out after doing the uh, field sobriety test, after doing the um, uh, breathalyzer, after determining that he had no idea where he was, right? This is the other lie that they're telling you that oh, they just could let him walk to his sister's house or whatever family member's house, which supposedly was down the street. But they asked him if he knew where he was. He thought he was somewhere else, right? He didn't know where he was. 
they asked him like five different times, where are you? And he kept, and they go, no, you're not there either. Well, I'm here. No, you're not there either. Like he had no idea where he was. As a law enforcement officer, your responsibility, once you make contact and find out that somebody is so drunk that they don't know where they're at, is now what are you going to do? You, they say you could call an Uber. Yeah, but what if they, you, he gets in the Uber and then he's, they, he tells the Uber driver, take me somewhere. And now he's in another location and doesn't know where he's at. He's drunk off his ass and he doesn't know where he's at. What is it you don't understand? Well, I, I'm not sure where you thought that that or think that that's okay for us. It's never been okay as, a, as, a, as an FTO, if I trained anybody, as a police officer, if I, if I um, contacted somebody that was so drunk, my, now, my job is not only to safeguard the citizens of the community that I'm working for, but it's to safeguard the uh, person that I'm talking to, right? At this point, right? Well, you shot him. No, that's two different things. We're talking about stages of a contact that completely changed from one point to the next. We didn't, they did not shoot him just because he was sleeping in his car. That's not why they shot him. They did not shoot him just because he was drunk. They did not shoot him just because he was black, right? So all of those things don't matter. And you can say it all you want. You can repeat it as many times as you want on all the press conferences. None of those things matter when it came down to the shooting. Up to the point where they were asking him, do you know where you're at? And he said, whatever he said, I can't remember the name of the state, some estates or somewhere, uh, Forest Hills or something. And they said, no, you're not even, you're not even in the same county. He, he's, he's, he's like an entire county off, not a street, not a city. He's off by a county. Do you understand that? And so now the attorney, well, they just got to let him go. He doesn't know where he's at. He's so drunk that he doesn't know where he's at. You cannot. It is your responsibility as a law enforcement officer. When they begin to say uh, these officers weren't trained, these officers didn't know what they were doing, they were scared, is completely false. They followed every step of every manual that I've ever read in, in regard to um, uh, investigating police officers in, the, in wrongdoing that I see uh, a lot of things in police policies and in um, industry standards that that is the thing. What are they going to do with this guy that's so drunk? Right. They've tested him. They, they can see in the um, the breathalyzer that he's over the limit for being drunk. They can see in the test that he did that he was drunk and that and then when he answered the questions and didn't know where he was. What did you want them to do with him? We want you to let him go. He didn't know where he was. He, he could have got himself killed. He could have got ran, walked out so drunk into the middle of the highway. Yeah, he could have. But he really no, you don't know that. We don't know that. Right, we know that he's drunk. That's what we know at the time. We know that he's so drunk that he doesn't know where he's at. We know that he's so drunk that he also thought that he was not drunk in the drive-through uh, driveway. He thought, right, when questioned about that, he says, uh, he said, I wasn't over there. I, I've been parked here where you, where you have me now. No, that's not where he was when they first contacted him. He was actually about 30 feet away. Do you see the problem when you start to say, well, they could have done all the No, they could not have done all those things. They would have been found liable. Uh, their job is on the line too, right? They didn't want him to get hurt. They didn't want him to get ran over by the car. They didn't want him to head into a neighborhood that didn't belong, right? They don't know enough about this guy to know what they were doing. So I, I spend a lot of time on that because it's so important. And I know that I get people that go, well, what? just get to the point. What are you talking about? This is the point. This is the point. That is all there is. It should have been easy, sir. You're under arrest for being drunk. 
You didn't have to even be in the car in California. You didn't have, if you're that drunk, you didn't have to even be in a car and we could still arrest you. So it's not about the DUI. You, there's another section called drunk in public. That section really is for the safety of the person that's drunk. So we can take you to jail, give you some time to sober up, write you a citation and kick you out the front door, right? Either way, he was too drunk to drive and he was too drunk to walk. He was too drunk to drive. He was too drunk to get in an Uber. He was too drunk to drive. He was too drunk to just be left in the parking lot to sleep in his car. All are not an option when you're a law enforcement officer. We've been told that they were well-trained, even though you're saying here that they were not well-trained, that they need more training. They were well-trained. Just the opposite of what it is you're saying. They realize that they cannot let him go. Let me, uh, before I get to the, the more of the carotid thing, let me get to this part really quick. Uh, we got Cher. Oh, Cher was talking about the, the Walmart. Um, again, I'm only going by um, people that have told me that they heard that they're playing something about Black Lives Matter in the Walmarts here in Orange County and in Riverside County. People that I should be able to trust said that they heard that recording. That's all I know. I have not heard the recording. I'm just telling you what people have said. It could be false. I thought the same thing when I watched the video. Uh, this is another police officer friend of mine. If the officer was considering using it but did not, uh, didn't do to the current ban, yes. So we're going to get to that one second. Really important. Carotid uh, would have been perfect in this situation, would have prevented deadly force. Absolutely, Jason. Thank you for uh, 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 piping in there. Anybody else that wants to comment, I would really appreciate your comments. Matt Walsh posted a video speaking out on the officer's behalf. I think you will like his commentary. Nice. Hope we are closely related. You know, we can see, you can see different things, right? You have different people, different perspectives to see different things, but hopefully we're kind of on the same um, uh, path there. Besides the credit restraint, is there anything else you saw that the officers could have done to gain control of the situation when they were rolling around on the ground? It was a tough one. I think the crowded was really the best, the best tool that they could have used. And I'm going to show the video and I'm going to show you where they had a couple opportunities and why I can see that they didn't. I can see them struggling to not do it. It was just sad. It's sad for the suspect and it's sad for the officers because they were in a great position to do it a couple of times. All right, let's go ahead and get to that um, video. Uh, here we go. Oops, sorry, went on the wrong thing. Screen share. Should have this ahead of time. I got excited to start and, um, and didn't do that. Here we go. All right, so I'm gonna play this video here <clears throat> and come on, show me the thing. All right, I'm gonna take it back. I just needed to get it so I could get it uh, full screen. All right, so um, look, I think I'm looking in the right direction. Nope, wrong direction. All right, so I, what I've done, I've blown, I blown it up. So you can see the, the original video isn't this blown up. It, it's actually from a dash cam. And so I, I zoomed in. Uh, from time to time, I'm gonna stop the video, which for yet for some reason yesterday on my screen, it looked different. I, I watched my video from yesterday and what I was trying to show was actually showing on my screen, I cannot figure out why to this to, to this day, 12 hours later, 14, whatever it's been, 24 hours later, um, why it looked different. So I hope that we're going to see the same thing. But right here, what I'm what I'm showing you is he had this officer is doing the right thing, right? He's got his hand, his right hand in a good position. He's beginning to grab the wrist area of the uh, the suspect to gain control. The the uh, camera that you're seeing is on the body of the other officer. Uh, when I very first saw this video, I wasn't aware of that. I thought there was something else going on because I only saw these really quick snippets. But now I know that the other officer is right there and probably has his hand on the other side of the of the suspect, which is good position. Right now, you know, it was just a normal arrest. This should have gone nowhere other than the handcuffs going on um, uh, Mr. Brooks. 
and uh, got to jail. A couple hours later, get cited out and they go away. I, I have a reason why now, why, and I told you yesterday, there has to be more of a reason why he fought. It wasn't just because he didn't want to go to jail for the night. There was something else going on and I'm going to talk about that in just a minute uh, after we get done with this. But so I'm going to go ahead and go full screen on this and, um, and go ahead and play this. All right. Put your hands Right there. So the first officer on the right-hand side, and it's really hard to see. I understand if you're watching us on your phone, it's going to be very, very difficult. But right away, he could have had his arm around his neck, and this could have ended very quickly. So let me go ahead and play. Hey, they're wrestling. Stop and the other thing is you can hear right now is they're telling him to stop fighting. If you hear any echo, I'm sorry, but I, I cannot turn off my mic because I want to be able to chime in here every so often. But you can hear them telling him to stop fighting, right? One of the things I teach officers, I'm going to come back to my screen really quick here. And I'm sorry if I'm going to be popping back. This is just how I'm going to do it. Uh, and I know people get upset sometimes. But uh, as, a, as a police officer, we, and again, I, I keep going back to training. Again, the reason I'm doing this right now is because we keep hearing that these officers were untrained. They are I'm, I'm telling you, they were doing everything right. Even now they're doing everything right. They're telling him, right? You have to tell people what to do sometimes. You have to tell them, stop fighting. What are you doing? Stop, right? And actually go verbal with them. If you're just wrestling with them and not giving them commands, you cannot now later say, hey, I was, you know, they weren't going along with my commands. They're doing exactly right. They were telling him, stop fighting. Stop fighting. It's not like they were saying, you know, um, you know, just not giving him any direction and something they can't follow. But you can hear them talking about not, not fighting. All right. Let me go back to this screen here. So right there, you see the officer now is in a really good position. The one on top. I'm not sure who that is. But right there, what he could have done is roll to his right. And I'm going to come to this uh, graphic really quick. Roll to his right. And you see over here um, the, on the left side of your screen, if you roll to your right, you can now get your um, – the uh, – the, the middle of your elbow, where those arrows are pointing, you want to get those right where, get that right where the Adam's apple is. So you want the Adam's apple to be in the middle of your elbow seam, right? Right on the inside of your elbow. That way it gets protected. You have no way of crushing it if you do that. When you begin to squeeze and, 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 and like pliers, bring your arm together, your forearm uh, and your bicep together, what you're doing is putting pressure on the side of the neck, not on the front of the neck. But in order to do that, the officer, hold on, sorry, my bad. The officer would have to roll to his right. And right now he's in a good position to do that. He, again, he's not by himself. He has the other officer there, but he doesn't do that. Why? Because that option has been taken away because I'm sure he's been told that he can no longer use that restraint and it's illegal for him to do so or against policy, one of the two. And so he doesn't do that. So now he's at a disadvantage because now he can't use that as leverage and could have spun to his right, almost laying on his side. And he would have been in perfect position, wrapped his legs around him, choked him out and got him handcuffed. And the guy would have never even known he was in handcuffs, but no, he can't do it. Right, right there. See, you see how long he had there? I'm going to go back a little bit. I'm going to show you. He had a long time to be able to get that. That would have been the, this is the perfect time. He could have, he could have used the carotid restraint, knocked him out, stopped the blood flow from going to his brain, knocked him out for just a couple seconds and handcuffed him. And, and Mr. Brooks would not have even known that he was handcuffed. He would have woken up uh, immediately and been handcuffed and would all would have been over. It would have saved his life. There's the first opportunity to save Mr. Brooks life, but no, 
bunch of people that do not know what they're talking about took this option away from this officer and he was not able to even consider doing it. He was more or less just trying to tell him to stop fighting and laying on top of him and holding on for dear life. Kind of like a, uh, just trying to, you know, Bronco ride him a little bit and trying to get him just to stop and talk to him and to plead with him to stop fighting. So where do they go? They go to the, the other less lethal that is not going to work because it's just simply not going to work. He's trying um, and he's going to try. It's not going to work. He, he could have knocked him out already with the carotid. You can, I think the, I almost kind of feel like, I don't know. I don't have ESP. I can feel like the officer's thinking, God, should I go to the carotid? <laughs> you know, he knows he's on video. He knows it is a uh, dash cam is on. These are all things working against him, right? He knows video cameras on. And he's like, think, God, if I could just use the carotid, I could end this right now. And he's probably thinking, well, I can't because I'm going to get in trouble. I can't do that. So let's try to tase him. So now you're going to have to go to the stupid taser. All right, here we go. You can see that he's really not in a position. I'm going to go back one more time, and I am so sorry. But you can see he's not in a good position to do the karate and not consider it because you see his left arm. It's actually under Mr. Brooks' uh, left armpit. A carotid, you cannot be in that position. You'll never get the pressure on your uh, arms, on just one arm, without having that other arm in that position. Let me show you what that looks like, just so you can see it. Do you see with this this uh, arm right here, the uh, left arm of the graphic, how he has it on the back? Like he has his elbow tucked in, pushed up against the forearm of the right arm. And then your right hand is around to the back of the head of the suspect. It has to be there to get the right amount of pressure. And so that the suspect can't get out from under that, uh, that hold. It needs to be there. But as we go back uh, to the video, you can see that his arm is under Mr. Brooks' armpit, not allowing him to get um, into that carotid restraint position. So that's a, a, an unfortunate situation. And of course, Mr. Brooks spins out of it because he's not putting pressure. He's afraid to put pressure around his neck. And so that's why Mr. Brooks is able to spin around. And now the officer, uh, officer number two, I'm going to say just for right now, ends up on his side and on his back and now is in a, um, a desperate position. And the other officer is just kind of hanging on. He's hanging on. He's not, there's nothing that he's doing, right? You could throw it a couple punches maybe uh, to answer April's question. You can use an elbow to the back of the head, a whole bunch of other stuff. But again, I think that they are just trying to be so not aggressive and they're trying to give him the benefit and uh, hang on to him and not hurt him. And so it's just the opposite of what the attorneys for the family are saying they were trying to take him into custody without hurting him because I'm pretty sure I would have gone to a few blows by now uh, to try to get this under control, to hurt him, to get him to stop. Um, and I also think I would have gone to the carotid because I, I know that the many times that I've done it, it's worked perfectly and I'd never killed anybody doing it. All right, here we go. So there was another spot right there where he, where he, cut, he almost could have had it right here. Would have been a good, he had him bent backwards. Another great position to bring him into that carotid restraint. But again, I think they're trying to be nice. I think they're trying not to hurt him. And it, it got them, uh, you know, it put him in a bad position. And this is where um, I'm just going to come back really quick to my camera. And I know I'm doing this very slowly, but I got to kind of bring out these points. This is again, where being nice in law enforcement can get you in trouble. This is where people don't understand, really don't understand when you are wrestling somebody and you are trying to get them into custody. In the beginning, it could be simply the person's trying to get away, right? You've got somebody that's trying to escape. 
So it, it's, it's, you know, if somebody's trying to escape, you, you get this feeling that they, something's going on. Either they have a really bad warrant out for arrest that we don't know that they have. Uh, they um, did something that we don't know has not been discovered yet, right? He's there. Uh, he's already committed a robbery somewhere. Maybe the, the, you know, he's victimized somebody somewhere. Uh, he's hurt somebody, you know, at home. And now he stopped simply to get something to eat. Uh, and he's been drinking to kind of forget what he's done. All these things are true. All these things have happened before. I've experienced all this stuff. Right. And so now the guy's just trying to escape in your mind as a cop. You're thinking, why does he want to escape? He, he was just sleeping in his car drunk. Why is he fighting this way? There's got to be a reason why he's fighting. And you begin to really start to question, you know, this whole thing. But you're also kind of conflicted, right? He's fighting and trying to escape, but he's only been sleeping and drunk. And so you, you tend to be a little bit nice. And being nice can get you into trouble. I, I hate to tell you that, all you uh, liberals who don't like violence and are afraid that we might hurt somebody. Uh, when you're nice, it actually can get you into more trouble. And I think you can look at it, I guess, on a negative way, too. Maybe I'm giving something to the defense. Well, they shouldn't have been so nice to him. Right? They can completely reverse it. Right? If they wouldn't have been nice to him, would have hurt him in the beginning, then they wouldn't have to shoot him. Exactly. My point. Right. You're taking away things that look bad or sound bad. But if they would have used them, they would have saved his life. But now you have exactly what you're saying they weren't doing. And that is they were trying to be nice and not hurt him in the process of arresting him. And now you have a, a dead client. Um, and, and where he could have been alive if they were able to use that carotid. So let's continue. Now it's getting bad. And now he punches him in the face, punched him in the face. All right. Now we get in the shooting. I'm going to go. I'm going to come back to this and show you the shooting only because there's more that I want to talk about in relationship to the shooting. So let's go ahead and come back to my screen for just a second. So do you see what I'm talking about? There were so many opportunities. I think I counted three, if I'm remembering correctly, where they could have got that carotid in there. They could have they could have uh, got it locked in with that with that form, get it around the back of his head and sealed it. This is the, his head comes out of here and you bring that arm in there and you seal it and you just it. I'm, I'm going to show you how long it takes. All right. So you, you can sometimes grab the back of their hair or their head or their forehead. You grab that and you put your arm around there really fast, bring it in and you and you lock it in by pushing their head forward and then locking that in and then squeezing and then you'll feel them go limp and then you let go. You roll them over and you handcuff them. That's how fast, it would have been over. It would have been done. You cannot move. You get somebody in that head and that head, oh, sorry. You get somebody in that headlock, right? And you knock them out and you bring it down you protect your face so they can't scratch your face, right? And you get them locked down. They're out. You put them down, handcuff them, done. All that would have been over very quickly. But they didn't do that because they're thinking, I can't do that. I've been told we can't do that. It's illegal. It's against policy. And so you see them trying to do all this other stuff, and they're trying to be nice and not hurt them. And then they get punched in the face, and then they have to pull out the other taser. Uh, they tried the, the the contact taser. That didn't work. Then they go to the, the other guy goes to his taser, shoots the darts. That then doesn't work. He had already taken the, the other contact taser uh, from the other officer and began running. So being nice got them nowhere. Trying to not hurt him got them nowhere. And uh, he took advantage of them, punched them in the face, took their taser and, and went on the run. Uh, having the carotid would have saved his life. I guarantee you, I promise you, you can say, call me names, do whatever you want. Uh, but it is crazy that... Um, that they were put in that position and they're being told that they are murderers. 
the officer is a murderer, the main officer. They're being told that they are untrained. They were told that they were scared or being, being, it's being said that they were scared. It's being said a whole bunch of things that are completely untrue. These officers did exceptionally well, tried not to hurt him, tried their best to, to, to just simply take care of him. Arresting him was caring for him. Arresting him was taking care of him. Do you not understand that? Have I not made that clear? And I'm trying to talk to the people, not you that are listening to me, that understand, that have common sense, that are that are true Americans, that understand the concept. I'm talking to the other morons who have all these other agendas and all these other things that they want to say, well, they should have sought him for just sleeping in his car. That's not why they shot him. I'm telling you, um, he was just released from jail. Yeah, I'm going to get to that part. Um, Crazy Cozy, that's a cool name, uh, from uh, YouTube. Hey, Deborah, nice to see you. And Nicole. All right. So did I make that clear? The carotid would have saved his life. And because they weren't able to use it, um, he's dead. All right. Let's go ahead and come back to this video really quick. And I'm just going to show you a, a couple more things because I, since I have you, uh, why not go and just kind of reaffirm uh, some of the other flaws in the argument of the defense attorneys that are the, uh, the attorneys, the, the civil attorneys that have been, uh, uh, you know, the family has hired. Um, and I'm going to get, I'm going to get to the fact, the other stuff about him being arrested. Uh, it's really, I think it's important. Uh, some people will say it's not important. I'm telling you that it's important. All right, here we go. So, um, I'm going to show you all the way through from the time that he, uh, shoots. And then we have another section here where it freezes and I'm going to show you something really quickly. All right, here we go. Great. He tunes and turns and shoots and then they shoot him and he goes down. All right, there's that muzzle flash. If you can see right here, there's a there's a muzzle flash. I don't know if my mouse is showing through, but the officer, I'm telling you, is only about four feet away. You've heard people say that the officer is like 20 feet away, 30 feet away, whatever it is. Again, we're looking at a camera that's up on a pole. I think it's on a light pole of the of the parking lot. And in, at a distance, it looks like there's a greater, it's not that far. If you take the distance uh, and you can see if you're using the car as a reference point or even the parking lines, that's only about six or seven feet, right? Uh, and they're within those lines. When the, uh, the suspect turns and shoots the taser, that flash that comes out, if you're only four feet away from that flash and it's coming right at your face, it is a flash. And your training tells you when I see a flash, I need to return fire because I'm being shot at. Even if you know that it's a taser, it doesn't matter. You have this tunnel vision as a police officer. You've been wrestling with somebody, fighting with somebody. You're trying to figure out why is this guy fighting with me? We were just going to arrest him for DUI. Why is he fighting? Why did he punch me in the face? Why did he take my taser? And now you're chasing him and he turns and he fires, fires right at the camera. Boom, right? Bam. And this light comes out, right? And then you see that bam, bam, bam. And you shoot your rounds. That's how fast this is happening. Bam, bam, bam. That fast. Right. And people are saying, well, he should have let him go. They should have, you know, they should have used de-escalation. De-escalation on what? There was, it went from nothing to escalated. There was no de-escalation point. They said, you're, we're going to arrest you. It went up to here. Fight, 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 run, shoot, bam, dead. Where's the de-escalation point? Sorry, I can't talk. I'm so excited. Where is that? I want any one of these experts, these people that sit in their bedrooms, right? Sitting on their bed uh, during uh, an interview from a, a talking head. So what do you think they should? Well, they should have de-escalated. Well, when, where was the de-escalation supposed to take place? Show me that. Well, they should have let him go. Well, they should have done. No, 
because it, originally it was for being drunk is what they arrested him for. But then it quickly escalated into a felony offense, fighting with police officers, punching them in the face, taking one of their weapons is now a felony. It is no longer a DUI. The DUI is gone. It will only be an additional charge that goes on the booking sheet, right? It is no longer a DUI arrest. It started as a consensual, well, a, a call, uh, then a, a consensual contact. Hey, sir, get out of the car. Okay, I'll get out of the car. And they did all the things. May we give you a, 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 a DUI test? May we give you a, you know, the spray test? May we give you a um, breathalyzer? Here it is, blow in there. Voluntarily blown in. Everything is good, right? Sir, you were too intoxicated. We need to place you under arrest. Bam, it turns in, it goes from zero to as high as you can possibly get. Punch in the face. Stealing of the of the of the taser, wrestling on the ground, all that stuff, running, and then the flash of the light in your face. Again, we're looking at it from a street light, distance away, and you're you're gonna tell me you're gonna sit there in your bedroom, you're gonna sit there at a podium, and you're gonna uproar the entire world saying they killed him for no reason. They shot him because he was asleep. And really, that that is what you see on this video. Have you ever been in the situation when you fought with somebody, you chase after him and you see a flash in your face four feet away? I'm going I'm to continue with this graphic because I want you to, oops, sorry, I didn't put it back. Um, I'm going to continue with this graph because I actually pause it. I'm going to show you the distance here. And it's going to pop up. I hope my graphic will pop up. I zoom in. The yellow circle is the flash. That's where the yellow circle is. This yellow, the yellow box on the left is where the police officer, I kind of guesstimated because it's really hard to see, is standing. And then to the right is where the suspect is. This distance really, by all accounts, I could be wrong, I could be off, I have no way of measuring it. I'd have to go to that Wendy's and measure. You can see the line here. I'm not sure if you can see my mouse. Uh, that's why I'm using my mouse, but I'm not sure you can see it. Um, there is a line at the windshield of the vehicle that we can see the side profile with the lights on. If you look at the top of the windshield and follow that line, you can see the line for the parking stall. And then to the right, you can see the part of the parking stall at the end of the yellow line on the right-hand side. That is somewhere in the neighborhood of about six or seven feet. I'm not sure what these lines are. They don't always do them by regulation. There's not like an industry standard all the time that they use. But I'm telling you, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of about seven feet or something like that. As the off, as the suspect is standing here and he and he pushes out his arm, he's now taking up two more feet. Let's say it's seven feet, two more feet. Now we're talking about maybe um, five feet between where the officer is running towards this gunfire from the taser and where the taser is in this flash. Five feet. Only five feet away. I want you right now to get five feet away from somewhere. It may be a wall. So my wall is right here. Five feet away. It even goes six feet. The, the light that I'm looking at right now is only about four feet. But if you can just sit and then you have this muzzle flash coming towards your face. And you're running. You've just been in a fight. You're trying to figure out why this guy is fighting. You see him run and turn and point this thing at you, right? And pull the trigger, the flash only five feet away. I want you to tell me what you would do. As a, as a human being, I want, you would shit your pants is what you would do. You would duck. You would, you would go down behind that car, much like that officer did. You can, if we, when we continue, he kind of goes behind the car, but now he sees the suspect is down and he stops going behind the car, right? He's doing his training. He's well-trained. The training of repeated gun uh, shooting scenarios over and over and over again that we do is that you see a muzzle flash, you shoot, you shoot for center mass. It's not necessary you shoot to kill, but you're going to shoot for center mass. The training worked. The training that he got 
is what happened here is exactly what he followed from the beginning to the end. And so what you're seeing here is him taking action on the run, chasing a violent suspect that just assaulted him and took his weapon that is now firing something at him. He knows it's probably a taser, but his brain is telling him it's, it's a gunshot. It's flames. I'm going to get hurt. I need to return fire to take this guy into custody. And you take the escalation up one step. That's always what we're allowed to do, which is now gunfire because he's being assaulted by a dangerous weapon. The taser itself may not be dangerous. It can be, but it may not be dangerous. But the result of being taken out by it is then dangerous and possibly lethal. Uh, if you are disabled and now the weapons that you brought to the fight are now exposed to the suspect, now he is a danger to society. He's a danger to himself and to everyone around him and the other officer that's still in pursuit. And then that's why he shot him and, and took him out. The officer later is seen giving him CPR and trying to save his life. So don't give me this BS uh, that um, this was all unnecessary, unwarranted and all that kind of stuff. Training, training, training. It was all training. The training was perfect. These officers didn't need any more training in this situation because everything they did was perfect. The only thing that they, I wish they would have had is the carotid, the training again worked. They were told not to use it, not to, uh, you know, not to put their arm around his neck in, in a way that they were going to use a carotid restraint or even a chokehold for that matter. And they did not do that. Them not doing that is what caused Mr. Brooks to have to be shot. If they would have had the carotid hold and uh, restraint available to them, they would not have had to shoot him. They would not have been able to, uh, they would have not had to do that. He'd be handcuffed and he'd be in jail. Well, no, he wouldn't be in jail. He'd already be released. Well, maybe not because he went to a felony assault, but um, he might still be in jail. And, and for sure, he probably would because he was a pro -lead. All right, so here we go. Let me just finish the rest of it. And uh, that way, you're not, I don't leave you hanging. It, it's fro, it, oops, sorry. <laughs> Pushing the wrong button. So uh, push the button here. The yellow stuff will go away and then it will continue on. There's, it's about six feet. It's a, it's a guess. It really is a guess. It's going to continue, I promise. And yeah. All right. And they're still giving them commands. All right. So we're going to end that there, that video on there. Uh, and uh, where they get this distance is where when he because he begins to take cover the officer that shoots he begins to take cover he the the suspect's still moving and so when those shots go out that's this is where now they're saying well look at he was 30 feet apart well he was only five feet away when he pointed or six feet away when he pointed that taser and shot at the officer that's the thing that you need to know right they're going to keep telling you that he was 30 or 40 feet away when he shot the taser no he was not he was only about five or six feet away maybe i'll give you seven all right let's give you seven feet away Arm extended takes away how long? How long is an arm? It's more, it's almost three feet, right? Now you've taken away three feet. You got four feet away. You got a muzzle flash that now extends out. You could see by the muzzle flash, another six inches. Again, all this stuff has to do with distance and perception and the mindset of the officer. No one sitting in their on their couch or in a bedroom or in a, in a TV studio, wherever they're sitting, has the right, has the right to put their thoughts in that officer's head. They do not have the right. You need to look at it as a, as a trained investigator. Again, I've been doing this for now 20 years, investigating officers in relationship to this kind of thing. And I'm telling you, out of all the officers that I've gone against in court and said they did the wrong thing, this is not going to be one of those times. And not that they've hired me. I'm just telling you, um, and they should, but <laughs> they haven't, um, that this is not one of those times. The officers did exactly what they were supposed to do. All right. All right. I hope that I, I made that clear. I went on uh, on that for a very long, already at an hour, almost an hour, 50 minutes.
All right. Um, and so let me give you another graphic here. And why is the next thing that I'm going to show you is important? And that is, remember yesterday, if you were watching yesterday, I said there had to be something else. Nobody fights with the cops. I got to take a drink. Sorry. Nobody fights with the cops. Uh, and my experience is as a law enforcement officer being in a few fights with suspects when you're trying to arrest them is that when most people are to be arrested, they just get arrested, right? They, they put their arms behind their back. You've probably talked to them for a second. Hey, listen, um, got to take you to jail. <laughs> you got to go. Um, and so as long as we have cooperation uh, in this process of handcuffing you, getting you in the back of the police car, booking you, um, I will do my best to make sure you're taken care of and your story is told um, and make this as painless as possible. That's, that's the best I can do. But if we have to go to some type of fight to get you arrested and wrestling and tussling, that kind of stuff, uh, those are additional charges and it's, it's not going to be good. Uh, and so, uh, you know, sometimes you have time to do that. Sometimes you don't, you just have to hook them up really fast. But in most cases, my, my discussion with somebody say, listen, we're going to jail. Uh, and we could do this one or two ways, but the, the best way is just, if you let me handcuff you and put you in the back of the car, that's the best way. The other way is a lot worse for you, <laughs> for all of us. You know, it, it, it's just going to, somebody's going to get hurt. Number one. And number two, uh, more charges, charges are going to be involved. So let's make this happen. Right. But when people, even with that, and they still fight, that means there's something else going on. I know what I've heard the uh, attorneys for uh, the family said, well, he was afraid that he was going to get George Floyd, uh, Floyded, I guess. Uh, and now I'm telling you, that's not. I, I, and I told you yesterday uh, also that police officers and the criminal element of our world, we know each other, right? We understand each other. We don't we don't play that BS game. Really, we don't. Um, and that it, this is just such a, a narrative for people that, again, they have no idea what they're talking about. They spend most of their time living with their parents and do know nothing about real world. The real world between cops and criminals is that we get each other. We know that you're a criminal. You know that we're a cop. You know that we have to arrest you. You know that we have to take you to jail. And when you decide to shoot at us, we have to shoot back. And, and sometimes bad things happen or we have to use one of the other tools that are on our belt. We know that. So this has nothing to do. I'm telling you. If we could resurrect him and bring him back to life and say, hey, was this about George? He would have said, no, I just didn't want to go back to jail. This is what this was all about. Uh, and I've seen it a hundred times. The only time people fight or were in pursuit, it's because there's something else out there. It's either they're on parole, which is, I would say, a large number of the pursuits or the fights that we get in uh, at the time of arrest is because the person we're about to arrest is on parole. And they know going back to jail is going to be uh, it's going to be longer and they've been there and they don't want to go back and they, and they fight. That's what happens. And yesterday I said, there's something else going on. I didn't know what it was at the time, but there's something else going, something, something else going on. Uh, or uh, like a pursuit we were in one day in Anaheim that went to long beach and it crashed. And I think there was a shootout. Um, and it, in the beginning it was just like, I think it was like tags, like a violation of tags on his license plate. It was something ridiculous. I don't even think it was speeding. It might've been a, a stop sign or something like that. We get in this pursuit and, and, and a lot of times when it's just a, um, we call it CVC violation, some type of California vehicle code violation. Um, the lieutenant or watch commander would say, you know, uh, disregard the pursuit or back off or, or shut it down. We'll let the helicopter fall for a little while. Whatever it is, sometimes they just say, you know, it's only for tabs. For whatever reason, we, we stayed in this pursuit all the way to Long Beach. It turns out the guy was wanted for uh, murder. Um, and so it's, you see, there's always, almost always something else. Very rarely is it just for that offense, unless it's a woman. 
I know this is sounds sexist, but many women just don't want to get caught. They don't want to make their, they don't want their husband to be mad at them. They don't want to get caught. They don't want to go to jail. They've seen the, the women uh, prison movies and they don't want, they don't want to go to prison, right? Or they don't want to go to jail. Uh, but men suspects, if they're going to fight, it's usually for something else. So here's what I finally found out today. Uh, I'll put it up here. And that is, um, uh, Richard Brooks, uh, rap sheet. Oh, now, of course, my font on this end is so dang small. Um, and you have simple battery. These are all on the same day. So March 31st, 2014, he was convicted of um, simple battery, uh, cruelty to children, false imprisonment, violent uh, family violence battery, which is like domestic violence. It's our uh, domestic violence here in California. And then there's other charges that are um, earlier in the month uh, on 3-2, which is uh, possession of stolen property um, and criminal interference uh, with government property. I'm not sure what that is. I'd have to try to figure out what that is. And then other uh, law enforcement, something uh, probably um, obstruction of law enforcement. He fought with the police before. So he's fought with police officer before. That's what that final one is. Um, and so the false imprisonment got him seven years. Uh, the other stuff looked like it got him a year. So 12 months. So each one of those other ones got him 12 months. Um, and the, oh, and the theft got him seven years also. So theft is stolen property. I, I, I got to figure out what that one is here. That's seven years. So he had two convictions of seven years. Uh, one, one was a false imprisonment. One, one was the, uh, that had to do with the, the stolen property. That's a long time for stolen property. There's a lot more to that one. Uh, and then you have your um, cruelty to children and violence, which each got a year uh, and battery that got a year. So the story that I have so far is that, um, and I haven't been able to confirm this, is that he was serving seven years in prison, but because of COVID-19, this is what I've heard. The charges are real. Those are That's his rap sheet, uh, at least part of it, if not uh, most of it. That he got out because of COVID-19. His fighting was not because of George Floyd and happened, what happened. He thought he was going to die. He fought because he didn't want to go back to prison. That's why he fought. Don't let the uh, attorneys fool you. Right? They're going to say, well, he was afraid that they were going to kill him. I just saw somebody on CNN saying, of course he fought. He thought he was going to die at the hands of the, they were going to knee on his neck. That's why he fought. No, that's not why he fought. He fought because he was going to go back to prison and he knew it. That's why he fought. That's why I told you yesterday, there has to be something else. There always is. I hate always being right, but I've been right a lot lately. And, uh, you know, it's just um, one of those things. And so whether or not, if he just got out, either way, he's got to be on parole. The other thing that he's such a loving father. He was such a loving father. What, what's this right here? Uh, cruelty to children. Hmm. A loving father who's also been convicted of cruelty to children. Hmm. Seven years for false imprisonment. That means he, he kind of he kept them in and wouldn't leave um, and took them somewhere and, and, and them, would not let them be free. That happens a lot in domestic violence. Huh. Loving family man. False imprisonment. Cruelty to children. Simple battery. Hmm. Oh, what's this one over here? Family violence and battery. Domestic violence. Huh. Wait a minute. I thought you said he was a, a loving family man. Oh, well, that doesn't fit. We haven't heard about that. They, you know who can get this right away? Just as easy as I got it is the media. 
Did you hear the media talk about his past? Did you hear them say that, hey, he was just serving time for seven years? He was on parole? That maybe that's the way, way the reason he fought with the cops? That would be important to know. I know that you, many of you that are, um, are have a, uh, a problem with law enforcement, that you don't think that that's important. It is important because it tells the story of why he fought so hard to get away and why he grabbed a taser and why he shot at police officers. That's important to know. There's a motive. The motive is he did not want to go to prison, right? If he was scared, it would look entirely different. He was motivated not to go back to prison. But so far, I have not heard anybody on the news, even on Fox, bring up the fact that he had a prison record. And I have not been able to confirm that it was because he had gotten out early because of COVID-19 and did not want to go back. Uh, that's the only part I know. I know for sure that he got seven years on two different crimes. I know that he was cruel to his children. I know that he was uh, uh, involved in domestic violence, that he kidnapped them or kept them from being false imprisonment is a little bit similar to kidnapping that you, they cannot, they're not free to leave. Like right? he, he keeps them uh, and they cannot leave and takes them somewhere or moves them somewhere. That is imprisonment. He's imprisoned somebody in his family. That is horrible stuff. That is not just sleeping in a car, right? That's not this kind gentle man. This is not this kind family man that they're all crying over. Right, you were crying when he was beating you. He was crying. You were crying when he was uh, cruel to the children, whatever that was. I'd, li I'd like to know what it was that he was cruel to the children. What was that all about? Right, that is not the nice little family man that we're talking about. So, all very important stuff uh, that uh, needed to be brought up. Let's see, really quick. Uh, somebody just knocked on my door, rang my doorbell. Hold on, <laughs> I don't know who it is. Normally, my ring would go off and I could look and see who it is. Why is my ring not going off? I can't see who it is. Uh, somebody told me to stop laughing. Uh, it, it just, it's ridiculous laughing. I'm so, um, it, it's ridiculous that half the stuff is going on. It's crazy. I know that I get in trouble for, I got in trouble for laughing at the academy. You know how many pushups I probably did in the academy for laughing? Uh, uh, thousands, uh, uh, literally thousands, because I would have to do a hundred at a time. Um, and in six months, that's a very long time. I'm not sure who's ringing the doorbell, but I'm going to have to find out who that is. What a model citizen. I knew he was not out of uh, there. Very good. The department changes. Yeah, it's going to be very scary. More people are going to die because they're going to make more changes that are not uh, good for us. All right, my friends. Saying they should have just let him run away because they already knew who he was. That seems ass backwards. It is. It is. Yes. The answer is yes. I think in the end. If they take it to the Supreme Court, I think the people in their community will convict them. Uh, the DA has already said that they're murderers or the one guy's a murderer. I mean, what the hell is that DA all about? Uh, and the, the chief already fired uh, the one guy. It's, it's actually really crazy. Somebody really wants me. Bad. Um, all right. Very good. All right, my friends. Uh, just really quick, um, as I wrap this up, go to todayshappycoffee.com. One of my sponsors, fantastic coffee. It's great. It makes you happy. That's why it's called Happy Coffee. Uh, and then we have today's CBD oil for the CBD, todayscbdoil.com. And then todaysbaseo.com for all the other wellness products. If you could just check those out, that would be great. It would do me a lot to continue to be able to do these shows and be able to share with you what I know and uh, some of my experience. And I hope it's helpful. I hope some brings uh, some talking points for you to, to talk with other people that don't know what they're talking about and so that you can help them understand what is going on in our world. All right. Thank you very much. Love you guys. Take care. Bye.
Is QuickBooks slowing your business down? Do you have challenges managing inventory, project profitability, or just getting paid fast enough? Get your business to a better place and graduate to NetSuite today. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and all the old software you've outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need, all in one place, instantaneously. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save time and money with NetSuite. Join the over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com info. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com info, netsuite.com info.